Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hot Bread Honeys podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Michelle. And we are a mother-daughter duo here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we're fantastic. Yeah, we're awesome. I'm a little wheezy. Like, I feel my asthma kind of kicking up. Really? As I was breathing in, I was wheezing. I'm, it's really humid need my today. inhaler or something. It is super hot where we are, and it's humid, and ugh. Yeah. So, what have you been past month oh my gosh um well let's see as we're recording this uh we're still in the middle of all the COVID-19 pandemic fun yeah and my parents did actually test positive and they're in their 80s so that was a little bit scary at the time I think the last podcast we talked did we about already it. know I about think, that I think we did that's very possible I think we I think they had it. maybe just gotten tested anyway that lingered on for a little while yeah. into since we recorded last time and uh, we've had a couple of scares at work and that's been fun and having to send people home and that we thought were potentially exposed and I don't know other than that I've been trying to stay organized at home and try to um, keep keep going and accomplish good things yeah. I feel Man, things are starting to really feel kind of mundane and kind of kind of Groundhog Day-ish. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the same thing over and over yeah. again. But I think things are about to change here. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Because for me, I... Yeah, what have you been doing this month? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I've been house hunting with my husband and it's been the worst experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Um, we, it sounded like a good idea, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sounded good in theory. And then I think it was like two weeks ago. I told Trevor, I was like, I'm done now. I don't even want to, I don't even want to buy a house anymore. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth the emotional roller coaster that it puts you on. And about a month ago, I'm not sure, like when we recorded the last podcast, I'm not sure where we were in the house buying process. I think we probably were pre-qualified and just barely getting mm. going on the shopping process. But, um, we had gotten a house. We had put in an offer. Our offer was accepted, which is hard enough yeah, to get your say, offer do we accepted. Need to preface this just a little bit and let people know in the area where we live, the housing there's a housing shortage. Yeah, and so there is it. It's steep competition to right. buy a home. Yeah, there's probably about eight offers on Every, each house yeah. that's for sale. Yeah. So if yours gets chosen, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And the problem with this house, like we had put in an offer, our offer was accepted. Woohoo. Awesome. It was fantastic. We loved the house. We were conceding on, do you hear me? Losing? I do hear you. We had the house. Everything was good. And then we got the appraisal on the house and luckily there's also a shortage on appraisals because they're doing so many and they're so backed up but luckily they got out there super fast and the appraisal for the house came in twenty thousand dollars did i say that right twenty thousand dollars less than what we had offered well, the sellers and, yeah. and, and it was twenty thousand less than the asking price too. yeah twenty thousand less than the asking price and so what that means is that our loan wouldn't work so it's not like we could just still pay what they wanted and pay $20,000 more than it's worth mm -hmm. because that's what it's worth. So, and people are doing that, you guys, just so yeah. you know, these people that have that are, if they're buying these up as commercial properties or something and they're paying with cash, I mean, they go in there willing to pay above market, which right. which hurts the people that are genuinely trying to get a home. Yeah. Yeah. So we our realtor went back and I guess normally, I mean, like this was my only experience with it, so I don't know, but I guess normally the sellers are pretty reasonable in these sorts of situations and they realize, yeah, we're probably not going to get more than what it's worth. So we might as well just come down to these guys because otherwise we have to put it back on the market, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So, but they weren't reasonable mm -mm. this seller so Greedy. we had to yeah they yeah they were being completely ridiculous so we had to walk away from the house and then we were back to square one we had lost two weeks of house hunting which that's that's a big deal that's a really big deal and so that put us out like another couple weeks as far as closing and stuff so but as of yesterday me and trevor have gotten another house 
offer accepted. So we will be moving forward with that house. I'm not going to get excited about anything, but we are under contract. <laughs> Just for um, uh, perspective, how many offers did you guys wind up total? How many offers have you put in from um, since the very beginning? Probably almost 15. Really that many? Yeah. Okay. Because there were a lot that we put in and then we didn't even get to see the house because it's the kind of market where our realtor would send us an address. We would look at the pictures online and then be like, yeah, this probably is good. Send in an offer before you even see the house. That's how aggressive you have to be. It's horrible. Yeah. So horrible. And there were a lot of houses that we put in offers on and we didn't ever even walk through the house. Yeah. So, yeah. But we are technically under contract, but... I'm, I got so excited about the first house that we had to walk away from that now it's like embarrassing to look back on that situation and think about how excited I was. And now I just like kind of looked stupid because we had to walk away from that house. So now, well, yeah, it's like, we're not going to pay $20,000 more than what the house is worth, but, and it didn't even have absolutely everything that we wanted. Like It, and this house that we are now moving forward with is a bigger house. There's more square footage. There are a couple of nice add-ons that we didn't have in the original house. Like this house has a half bath on the first floor with your living room and your kitchen, which a lot of houses that we were looking at did not have. And this house also has a water softener, which this was this house and one other house are the only ones out of the tons that we looked at that had a water softener. Yeah. So huge perks on that. Yeah. There's a lot. It has, it has a lot of nice features. Yeah. So, so anyways, we're moving forward on that. I'm just like 15 out of 10 done with the home buying process. (laughs) Like even just thinking about it makes me exhausted. There will be some house updates that I have to do with this one because it's just, not what I want. Like they have beige paint, which like a lot of people, they can get away with the beige paint and it looks fine. But like, no, I want white. I want to paint well, everything white. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit of an older home. It's not old. No, it was built in 2010. So it's 10 it years 10? old. Yeah. I, I thought it was 06. Nope. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh. So everything's not super outdated, but it's not what I want. So I just want to brighten everything up in there. See, and I think that, and I think, ooh, fun projects. And Corey's like, no. It's money, and it's yeah, time I that I don't have. I so know. that's the problem. Luckily, I have a friend who paints cabinets. So we're going to see if we can hire him to do our kitchen cabinets. But And then I'm next. Yep. yep. My need a bad. Yep. <sighs> so anyways, that's what's been going on with us for the past month. My job starts next week. Pretty much. Woohoo! Which I'm nervous. I'm just nervous. Well, that's another whole... Your your whole life is upside down and unsure right now because yeah. nothing is definite. And with your job, it's like nothing is definite. It's like, what are we really going to be doing? You know? Yeah. You think you might be going... The kids might be coming back to school part-time, but maybe not. Maybe some will be online. Maybe, you know, and there, there are people fighting to not go back to school at all and have it completely online. And yeah. so there's just all kinds of, and trying to make the, the governor, trying to make the best decision possible, but yeah, who knows what's going to happen. So that will be good when that settles down. Yeah. My life is so boring compared to yours. Well, I but kind I of wish mine was boring for, for the past, like, 12 hours straight I've had a hot pad on my neck because <laughs> I carry all my stress in my neck and I just can barely move it hurts so bad and your husband has it on his head right now yeah my husband has a big old headache uh, so is that why he okay yeah mm. poor guy well Corey what are we talking about today now that we've gabbed on and on I know forever about our crazy lives well we've been wanting to talk about this for a while and it's a really interesting subject to me and it hits very personal and close to home. But but we've been wanting to talk about what it's like to grow up as an only child. Yep. And what it's like to parent an only child. And I took the opportunity to read a few articles just to find out what people are saying out there. And and I don't know that they really said anything that I didn't already know or, or had a feeling. Of course, they put it into much more eloquent words than I can. But 
but what I did find that was interesting, there was a psychologist. Let me just preface this, okay? And then you can you can counter what this psychologist said. It was in the 1800s, okay? The late 1800s. So more than 100 years ago, this psychologist by the name of G. Stanley Hall, who did this supposedly big study on only children, people that grew up without any siblings, and basically labeled them as misfits and spoiled and um, not able to get along with others. And people like to quote him because he called being an only child a disease in itself. Wow, rude. I know. (laughs) But that stigma. Yeah, some of those stereotypes stick. Yeah, this was over 100 years ago. And people still, it, it stuck. It's yeah. stuck and people still think that right off the bat when they think about only children. I can't tell you the number of times that people, especially when I was in elementary school, they would find out that I'm an only child and they're like, oh, so you're spoiled. And I'm like, Were these yeah, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you that like I'm going to label yeah. myself as spoiled, but yeah. no. Yeah. Well, lucky for you, although people don't know about this study so much, but another guy, another psychologist, uh, Tony Fioli or something like that. I've got it in here. I shouldn't have quoted that because I don't remember his name. But anyway, um, another big study started back in the 70s. And of course, they disproved everything that this guy was claiming back in the 1800s. And um, but and, and we'll get into some of that. But it's just so interesting, because even 20 years, 22 years ago, however old you are, um, it wouldn't have been quite that long, though. But when it appeared that you were not going to have any siblings, I used to have people try to comfort me and convince me that it's okay. She'll be okay. She'll be okay. She she'll grow up okay. And and I've got a friend who has has just one daughter and no other children. And she is just the light of her life. And she just grew up beautiful and talented and da 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 da. And it's like, I wasn't really worried about that, but okay, frankly, <laughs> frankly, not to toot my own horn or anything, I'm more stable and level headed than a lot of people I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and that's one of the things that they found out is that only children have a lot of the same characteristics as a first child. You know, as far as being driven and um, independent and they their expectations of themselves are very high and independent and successful. And they uh, they're very they're mature for their age. And, you know, they're very um, verbally progressed. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about some of these things. And I just I remember you in grade school, me talking to your first grade teacher sticks out in my head. Because she, she was always so confused whenever I would go in for for these uh, parent-teacher conferences. And she was like, she she doesn't get along with the other kids. I'm like, the other kids don't get her. She has an adult sense of humor. She uses words that these kids have never heard because you're growing up in a house full of adults. Yeah. But anyway, they say an only child is like an oldest child on steroids. It's like times 100, yeah. you know, all those characteristics. And there are things that parents need to do in order to make sure that they're a little more balanced because they're not growing up with, with other siblings and everything. But, and I'm, I'm, I keep thinking of all these things that I think are really interesting, but I don't want to do all the talking. So I want you to tell me what you think it was like, because as you've gotten older, I've actually asked you and I've asked other people that that grew up as only children or their siblings were significantly older than them if they wished they had siblings? Short answer is no. I love being an only child because, and I think my number one reason is I would not have the relationship with you that I do if I had siblings. And I wouldn't change anything about my childhood with how close we were. I think that... Everything happens for a reason and well and that's that's one of the things they talk about is the relationship with the parents to the children and how um, there is that tendency for them to be really close because and that the only child tends to compare themselves to their parents because that's who they're around all the time 
And that's where you picked up your vocabulary. Yeah. And you were always acting so much. Everybody always thought you were so much older than you were, not to mention you were always super tall. Yeah. And so people thought that anyway, but just your behavior in general and your maturity level. And it was so hard because, because then there would come times where people would, because they thought you were older, they would expect certain emotional behavior. And it's like, yeah, she's only three, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Well, even sometimes dad, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He expected way more out of me than I was capable of. It's, yeah. Okay, so let me flip that on you. If you could go back and circumstances were different, would you want me to have siblings? Um, well, yeah, probably. Because I think, um, because I can look at it, I look at it through that cute little Hallmark movie window and, you know, think of all the fun that the siblings have and, and, and the fun that I used to have with my siblings on holidays, you know, Christmas time and, and things like that. It It's, but, but the situation with you, um, I think, I think one of the main, one of the reasons that I say, yes, I probably wish, you know, that you had had siblings is because you did not have cousins in the area. There were no neighbor kids. There were no neighbor kids your age. We lived in an area. I can't even tell you why, but at the time that we moved in here, most of the kids were older than you. And now there's a lot of younger kids, but at the time there wasn't, you had, there was one girl in the entire neighborhood and she was what, two and a half, almost three years older than you. She lived next door and you guys actually got along fine. And you guys played Yeah, and it was all good and fine until we got into school and she wanted nothing to do right. with me because I was because so much you younger. younger. And there's a stigma with that. Right. Like when you're a kid, like you can't hang out with people well, younger. Especially than like you. when she got into junior high and you were still in elementary. And oh then, yeah. And then again when she was in high school and you were in junior high. And yeah. So for those reasons, because you know, I used to think, oh, man, if only we lived closer to your cousins. Because you do have some cousins that are relatively close in age. And even Boys. if you'd had, even if you'd had that association, though. Yeah. Here's one really interesting thing that I found. And I was going to ask you about this. This is really interesting. Um, and, and they're talking about kids spending time with other kids their own age. And how only children sometimes feel a little bit awkward because they just don't have day in, day out experience with that because they hang out with adults. But it said, um, you don't get the ease of street smarts that kids learn when they have siblings. How not to get your Lego knocked over, not to get beaten up. Children with siblings learn to read other kids more quickly and easily. And it still comes with single children, but it's just not quite the same. So they they talk about, uh, I guess, just learning those skills of interacting with, with people your own age. They also kind of talked about how only children, and I think this kind of goes along with the same thing. They say that only children sometimes victimize themselves a little bit more because when you grow up with siblings, you fight. You have wrestling matches. You get bullied by your older brothers and sisters. And when you don't have that and you're not used to it, then when you're out in school, in grade school or whatever, and somebody's a little bit mean and disrespectful, you're not used to that. So they don't, you know, these only children don't know how to deal with that. And I wonder I could about maybe, that for you. I could maybe see that, but mine was on another level. Right. I was bullied hard yeah. through all of elementary school. Because I didn't get along with the kids because I was so much more mature than them. Like I just, like my comprehension of life and the world was just on a bigger scheme than theirs, I think. And I just, part of it was I didn't get along super well with girls. Yeah. Because they were just super catty. And I I think it just goes back to the jealousy thing, which is just so stupid. Like why can't girls just support each other and get along and lift each other up but yeah but grade school girls don't get that yeah yeah it's just an innate thing although i think a lot of that comes from the environment they're in at home yeah yeah and i wanted to hang out with the boys but they thought it was weird to hang out with a girl 
So what do you think about the learning to read other kids and like, I, that kid's about to get mad or, Ooh, I would say almost for me, I learned faster because I was learning about emotions and life from adults more so. So I, I don't know. I don't feel that way. Okay. I don't feel. I thought it was interesting though. I thought it was a really interesting yeah. idea and concept, and I just wondered how, how you would feel. She also uh, this in this particular article, um, they say that an only child's home life is ruled by adults, and it will usually be ordered and relatively calm. And if I see an issue of control, a problem of really being upset when things go wrong, that's often displayed by an only child because they are used to things not being too chaotic. And, um, and that was something that I wrote down as cons. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. Go ahead. Um, that was some of the cons that I wrote down were you're not, you're, and part of that, <laughs> I, I blame on my Taurus zodiac <laughs> sign, you know, like being the stubborn and not having to control everything and having to have needing everything to be planned out mm-hmm. in my way and just having everything organized and going according to plan. And I think, yeah, that's partially because of the only child thing, because you're not working around other siblings schedules. It's just, it's just you. And adults have routines. Yeah. And yeah, but I thought that was an interesting one. And then of course, you know, they talk about uh, things that parents can do to make sure that the only child is growing up a little more balanced and and things that you need to watch for. And I think on some of them, as I was going through it, it's like, okay, I think I did okay on some of these, which I'm going to be really honest. You growing up as an only child, I was acutely aware of it every single day. I really was. And so one of the things that they talk about is, you know, you have to encourage your child, you have to set up play dates, you have to make a very conscious effort to do some of these things so that they have this interaction with other kids. And so that was, that was one of the things that they talk about. Um, They also talk about leading by example, because um, they don't have other kids, other siblings, and in your case, cousins, or anybody to have to learn how to share And so they talk about how the parents have to help them learn that and lead by example. Do you think that I had a problem sharing when I was younger? Um, I remember having a couple of conversations with you about it because you would have, and and this is hindsight on my part too, because I was a first time parent So I wasn't sure what to do in some of these situations, but I do remember a time or two where there was something that you didn't want to share with, with the girl next door that you used to play with. Um, but sometimes I'm thinking back on it now and it was like, it was something, it was a newer toy. It was, it was your favorite or something like that. And in hindsight, it's like, you know what, let's just not even have that as an option today while you guys play, you know, let's put that completely yeah. away so you guys can just play with stuff that you're comfortable with her playing with. So I don't know that that's necessarily because you were an only child. And I remember sometimes I did that by myself. Like I would just put something that I didn't want to share away. I did so that myself. Deal with it. Yeah. 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 But something that I read Because I was just, I was trying to come up with as many pros and cons myself, but then I was also reading some pros and cons and something that I saw was that a misconception is that only children don't know how to share and they're really bad at it, but sometimes only children are way more generous because they don't have to share all the time. So when they do, it's like not a big deal because it's just for such a short amount of time. Right. So I think one of the other pros that a lot of people don't realize, and I read this a couple of times as they were interviewing only children. And I also have heard this exact same thing from your own dad, who technically he was not an only child. So I will just clarify this. He did have two sisters, but, but both all three of the kids in the family were 10 years apart. So, and I know enough about birth order that once you hit five years apart, 
the next you child, might as well be then well the next child born will have the traits of an oldest child again yeah so with these kids 10 years apart because his next sis like his oldest sister was already out of the house when he was born the the second oldest sister who was 10 years older than him basically kind of took him under her wing and kind of mothered him and liked to you know baby him and everything but one of the things that he said and and also what I've read is that the only children they love to go out and be with their friends and play and whatever. And then they, they want to be alone. To go home where it's quiet yeah. and they can go into their room with their stuff and do their thing with their own stuff. And not I have, have to worry about never else. related to anything more because I've seen a bunch of like TikToks and stuff about extroverted introverts. Yeah. And I would mm-hmm. say that that, is more me than just a straight introvert. Mm -hmm. You're just a straight introvert. I would call myself more of an extroverted introvert. Yes. However, I'm becoming more introverted as I get older. (laughs) Like I don't feel as much of a need. Like sometimes I would just get an itch and I would feel like I need social interaction. Like I need to go out with a friend or something. Uh Like I need to go to the mall. I need to go shopping or just get out. I I need less of that now. (laughs) But yeah, so things like that. Yeah. So that's one of the pros. Yeah. I, I had that written down. Yeah. The other thing they talk about okay, when they're talking about the parents leading by example, they're talking about, you know, the sharing we already talked about, but teaching the child how to compromise, because that's another thing that kids just naturally figure out when they're growing up with each other, with a bunch of siblings or, you know, around a lot of friends, you know, they learn to compromise and it's like, oh, well, you want to do this, but I don't, but I don't, I want to do this. So, okay, let's do this first. And then tomorrow we'll do this or, or in a, later we'll do that or, you know, but they learn to compromise. They figure that out themselves. So they're talking, you know, to the parents that, Hey, you got to help your child figure this out. Yeah. Um, I would say for sure. I'm like that. Yeah. I'm very stubborn. They also say that, yeah, you are, you do have that tendency. It's, it's hard for you to compromise sometimes. And so I failed on that one, but they also talk about how only children are their perfectionists. They expect a lot from themselves and that again comes from growing up with adults because they see adults doing things and make it they make it seem so easy and so the child that's their bar that's what they see that's what they think that they need to amount to and so you have to teach the child that it's okay to make mistakes as long as we're learning from them and you have to you have to do all of this by example you have to Show them yourself making mistakes and learning from it and working through it. Adding on to that, that has continued in my adulthood, that perfectionist, because of social media. Yeah. Because everything is a highlight reel. And I'm even just, I'm relating it to buying a house. And it's like, the only things you see on Instagram are like people buying these picture perfect houses in their 20s because they have all this money and they're buying their dream homes, you know? And that's all you see is the highlights. So right. that perfectionist in me has continued. Another another um, negative for social media. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. It's so hard. Um, they also talked about, uh, you know, teaching uh, the child to be considerate of other people. Because, again, in a house without a lot of other kids... It's always all about them. They don't have to think about other people's feelings or, you know, hurting feelings or um, taking turns, um, being being a little more patient. Uh, they don't learn flexibility because a house full of a bunch of kids, you're like, oh, yeah, mom's with the baby. You know, I got to wait for my bedtime story or whatever. And it doesn't it doesn't throw them into a, a downward spiral because they're just used to this. This is the way life is and respect for other, for other people, for peers and, you know, just those, those things. So I thought all of those things were really interesting. And to be honest, a lot of those things were things that I was concerned about raising you. And I don't know how well I did in trying to teach you. I, I don't, so basically I suck as a person now. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's not what I meant. I'm I'm 100% good grief. <laughs> I'm 100% reflecting on me and trying to remember I did not consciously um oh, I need to be very respectful because I'm the only person she has to look up to and learn this from. I wasn't thinking that. 
as, as you were young. I didn't have this particular article at that time to tell me that I needed to be doing those things. I mean, I was aware of them and I was trying. And what I, when I said I don't know how well I did at that, I mean me. I think you are very fine. I've watched you in public. I watch you interact with people all the time. And I used to always, when you were little, I would always have like your Sunday school teachers come up to me. She is the sweetest thing. She is so good in class and she is so nice to all the other kids. And I had so many of your teachers, your elementary school teachers, tell me the exact same thing. So you, you were fine. You were fine there. I don't know if you learned it from me, but you were fine. So I was not criticizing you. Oh, my hell. You guys should see the look on her face. I feel like I've totally just crushed my can daughter. We, can we talk about some of the pros of being an only child now? Oh, well, there's tons of pros. Okay. There's, no, there's tons of pros. I'm, I'm sorry because, yeah, all these articles, the one I like the best, they're like, just because you, you don't have a second child and they don't have a sibling, don't think that all is lost. I mean, this is, it's a great thing. It is a really great thing. And inevitably, I mean, um, it most of the time turns out to be 100% an advantage to the child because of the environment that they grow up in. One thing that I was reflecting on, and part of this was just the way that you taught me, but... Um, one thing that I was also reading about is that uh, only children are just way more comfortable talking to adults. And that was something that I learned fairly in junior high. That was when I really had to get comfortable because I had a really horrible math teacher and I was completely lost. And the perfectionist in me, I was like, I'm not going to just sit there and be lost. I'm going to learn this stuff. Yeah. And so, and when I... Yeah, this is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem. You kept telling me you just have to make your teacher work for her money because it's her job to teach you. So you, it's your job to go and ask her questions. And I would, and I was comfortable doing that. But the problem was, is that she didn't take me seriously. And that happened to me more than just with that teacher. It happened to me until I graduated from high school and even past that, where people just didn't take me seriously because of my age, even though I was taking responsibility for myself mm -hmm. and you were trying to teach me how to do life skills, <laughs> you know? But um, so that was actually something that I wrote down as the how-to is just make your kids, if you, they're an only child, like make them talk to adults, like make them work, make their teachers work. And even... Um, children who aren't old, only child, who aren't an only child, make them learn how to talk to adults because that's just a life skill. And don't be surprised if they come back and say they won't help me because right. that really does happen. And there were multiple times yeah. where my mom had to come with me yeah. to the classroom or to the counseling office to make them talk to me because they wouldn't take me seriously. I remember a lot of times saying, you go first. And then if that doesn't work, I will come and step in. Yeah. But I think that me pushing you to do that and just pounding into your head, this is what teachers get paid to do. They get paid yeah. to teach you. So but I also, make them accountable. Right. And But I think it helped you a lot in college, oh, don't you? Tons. Because you were comfortable talking to your professors. Yeah. And I think I just watched you... I just watched you excel and and flourish so much in college and I watched how you interacted with your professors and I have to tell you I was it impresses me every time I think about it because that was something that was always very very difficult for me because I am such an introvert that was really hard for me to get involved with my professors and and talk to them about things and get help from them when yeah. I needed it but I think that me being comfortable around adults in general helped me when it came time in that junior high math class when it was crunch time and I had to just get comfortable talking to adults. Mm -hmm. I think just being comfortable with adults in general as an only child helped me through the rest of my schooling. Well, and I remember, I, I agree 100%. And I remember too, sometimes we would run into people that we knew, you know, just at the grocery store or something like that. And the people would turn and talk to you and you could 100% carry on a conversation with them. 
And you weren't, you weren't afraid to do that. I was never afraid to have you go talk to people or, or, you know, chime in or whatever, because you can totally hold your own. You always could. And back to your horrible first grade teacher who shall remain nameless. Um, I remember one time she said the other kids, they just, they just stare at her. I'm like, she has a very adult sense of humor. You had a very adult sense of humor. And I think that's something that comes along with him too, just because of who you hung out with. And, um, so it made it difficult, but you have a very sophisticated sense of humor now. (laughs) (laughs) And that's interestingly enough, that's something that they said as a parent of an only child, they say, you've got to encourage laughter because they say that only maybe get too serious. Only children. Yes. They are very straight thinkers. They are very serious individuals. They're very scholarly and logical and they need help lightening up and finding the humor in things. And I think that's true of you. Yeah. Yeah. So any parents out there that have only children, make them laugh, make them laugh. And when I was really little, like through elementary school, it was a very serious household. Yeah. And then I suppose. when relationships started getting better, like me with dad and just as the relationship started getting better, everybody started lightening up and we started laughing together a yeah. lot more. And yeah. we've talked about this before, but just our family sitting in the living room laughing together. That's some of my favorite times. We're hysterical. Oh, we are funny. We're we, super we really funny. are. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes the things that, that are just going back and forth between us and the humor, I think, what if somebody, you know, was a fly on the wall and watching us, would they think this is funny? Is it just us? Yeah. But really we get laughing so hard. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it, more advantages of being an only child because I can tell you mine. Oh, but. yeah. Um, let's see. Um, only children tend to have super strong beliefs because they are around adults, I think. I think just being around more adults in general just helps you to develop quicker mm-hmm. in every area. You know who you are. You know what you stand for. You you just develop your beliefs faster. And I think that was very true for me. I knew what I stood for from a very young age and just nobody was going to challenge me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think some of that comes because you have more attention from your parents. Your parents' attention is not divided among multiple kids. It's all yeah. on you. And so you do learn that. Yeah. Those were like, I think we pretty much covered all of the pros that I wanted to talk about for me personally, but one more con that I feel like needs to be addressed is separation anxiety for mm-hmm. only children. Cause I think that that's probably pretty common because you get so attached to your parents and you don't have any siblings that are at your school. So kindergarten was super hard for me mm-hmm. because I was having to leave my parents and my family. So I think that just practicing more separation and trying to avoid the anxiety aspect of it. I don't have a perfect answer for how to do that, but um, yeah, I think the separation anxiety is a big con. Well, and something I read talked about that very thing because up until that point, everything is supervised, you know, play dates that maybe, I mean, even though you're arranging for them to have these, these periods of time with other kids and to learn how to interact with other kids, they're all supervised. The parents are there. So then once they get into school and, and that's, that's a really valid point. There are no other siblings at the school to try to, to take you under their wings and and show you, show you the school and, and how not to get lost and Hey, I'll meet you at lunch and you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I just think that's that's something important to think about, be mindful of. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, but I will talk about some of the pros and, um, a lot of what I was reading, they were talking about the trend to smaller families and it being, and and I think, um, they talked about, and tell me what you think about this too. They said, you know, even 50 years ago, 60 years ago, whatever, if people had only children, if they only had one child, a lot of the time it was not by choice. It was because of fertility issues or, you know, the loss of babies or, you know, whatever. And so the, the parents tended to become very overprotective of the one. And I don't, 
I, do you think that I was overprotective? No, not at all. Okay. No. Okay, good. I, if anything, I think you were a little bit more permissive. With, like, friend situations. Because you trusted me more. Because I knew you really well. Yeah. I mean, because you and I were really close. Yeah. And that's the big... So... Like, so... I, in, <clears throat> in what aspects of life are you talking about being overprotective? Like, curfews? I think you're talking about, like... No, you're not going boating with them because you might have an accident. No, you're not going skateboarding because you might fall and crack your oh. head open. I, I That's where they're talking. No. Is in actual activities and stuff like that. I didn't think no. I was either. But they're saying, you know, that now it's not so much that. So much of it is by choice. You know, either, you know, people that have two incomes and, and it's financially difficult. Or people don't want to be, and I hate this term, I hate when people talk about being tied down by kids, you know, that by having a family, it's going to prohibit them from going out and having all the fun that they want to have. And that's just totally selfish because you will never experience the kind of love and joy that you have with children. Um, but they're also, you know, talking about sometimes it's just, you know, people don't really think about it one way or the other. And, and if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And it wasn't, you know... They say there's so much, people always say the decision to only have one child, or is it the decision to have an additional child? And they're like, there's, there's a difference there. And, but I think, um, I, and you and I have had this conversation of if you weren't an only child, would we have the relationship that we have? And I would not trade the relationship that we have for it anything so, so no you wouldn't have gone back and had more kids <laughs> i would have had boys so they could have that relationship with your dad <laughs> yeah but if i were to choose i would want a sister i know well and you used to pretend that all the time when you were little we'd be at the grocery store and you'd say, well, Mom, right. pretend like we have a, another, pretend like I have a little sister. Yeah, I wanted a sister when I was younger, for sure. But part of that was because I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anybody on in the neighborhood to play with. I didn't, I didn't have anybody. So I wanted that. I wanted to pretend that. But now, looking back at all aspects of my life and what would change if I hadn't been an only child, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. And the opportunities that we were able to offer you with all the different activities, extracurricular activities, and they are so expensive. I was there for the picking. Yeah. Like I could, I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. Because there was only one of me. And that goes for scheduling too. Yeah. You know, running around and trying to get everywhere and it made it easy for us to be at every single event. And so, you know, those are all the pros, but the, the only, the only pro that I really care about is the relationship that I have with you and the closeness and the, the bond that we have. And that's not to say that you can't have that bond with each of your kids, because I know a lot of people who, you know, the mom and her daughters, you know, and they have, you know, their, their girls time and girls trips and whatever. And it's, you know, they have an awesome time and maybe that would have been the case. Maybe not. Okay. And to be fair, I think that our relationship, like even other, like there, I am, I keep this whole, wow. (laughs) Can you do time to be done? No, I don't think I can. This whole podcast, I've been thinking about a specific girl who was my same age, who was also an only child. And she was super close with her mom too. And I've heard of a lot of people who are super close with their moms, you know, but ours is on a different level. Like I've, I have yet, the only mother daughter relationship that even comes close is the Gilmore girls and it's a fake TV show, (laughs) (laughs) but that's the only relationship that can even come close to representing how close we are. So maybe it doesn't even matter if you have an only child or not, like, because ours is just on another level. And I think that takes effort. Yeah. That didn't just happen. That didn't just That did not just happen. Oh, Howard. I thought he peed on me. (laughs) Howard just knocked over the entire water that my mom was drinking. It's like a 32-ounce cup of water. Yeah, so I don't know that that you being an only child has that much 
to do with our relationship because because that took some effort anyway. Right. So, so I don't know. I don't think about it a whole lot anymore. I just know that in the beginning there there is a there is a stigma that is attached to it, and I have been in conversations sometimes where you almost feel like you have to explain yourself, like justify it, justify it. Yeah, and and part of me is like, you know, really, it's none of your business. Why we only have one child or not, and um, there's nothing wrong with it, and there's nothing bad about it. So those stigmas that this guy started over a hundred years ago are definitely still out there, but I always had to defend myself. Yeah. But everything that, that I've been reading this week on it in, in preparation for this is it's absolutely not true. And in fact, it's the opposite. And these people are very, these only children are very well adjusted and they are driven and they are successful and they are, um, people love to be around them. No, I'm not crying. It just, I gotta, it just wavered. <laughs> not cried. Okay. <laughs> but, but I think it's worked out. Yeah. I have a couple of how to's that I was just thinking about, like a couple of tips, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will. Um, one thing is making your, if you are in an only child situation or you decide to only have one child, Make the child wait for things. Teach them how to be patient because most only children, myself included, are very impatient because they don't have to wait Mm -hmm. for anything. It's just them. So make them wait for things. Mm -hmm. Teach them that because that is a lifelong thing, having to be patient. Um, Along with that, can I throw in? Yeah, sure. Don't overindulge them. You, you've got to, you know, keep your gifts in check. Just because there's only one child doesn't mean you have to Go spend insane. your entire budget. Yeah, because just because you can, you know, keep them in check and don't overindulge. Yeah. I was probably, I was, that was, eh, we're not going to talk about that. I was bad about that. We bought too many toys and stuff along the way. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I want, the others we've already kind of talked about in passing, but the other one that I really wanted to talk about is... A lot of times people blame um, only children for being selfish. And that is an issue that a lot of children, only children experience is just being selfish. Because, again, it's only one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just r- had a passing thought. And I just think that it would be good for parents to give only children volunteer opportunities. Oh, yeah. And just making that a point as your child is growing up is having them go and do volunteer opportunities and it helps them to not be quite as selfish. And I will also say there again, that's not, that's just an only child. That's not exclusive to people who are only children. That's all kids. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this youngest generation coming up. They're the most selfish generation in the world. It's all me, me, me. Yep. Me. That's all I hear. Yep. On. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So just in general. Yeah. The other tips that I, that I um, would add is you need to allow for some unhappiness, which was a really interesting thought for me because I hated to see you unhappy. I did absolutely everything I could to try to turn that around. And maybe part of that is because I was not distracted with any other kids that I had to worry about. It was my focus was always on you, but I hated to see you unhappy, but it's okay. And, and kids again, in general, all kids have to learn how to cope. They need coping skills. And, um, they also, uh, something else that I read there, like, don't make them, and I was fine with this. Don't make them a mini me just because you like something doesn't mean they have to like it. Yeah. I think to allow them to, that's not even just an only child thing either. That's right. I've seen so many instances where moms are just trying to force themselves on their daughters or the Uh dads on their sons. Yeah. Cause I did this and I loved it and you're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, that did yeah. not happen in our house. And just resign yourself. Like, it's going to yeah. be okay. They're yeah. just not going to be exactly like you. And that's yeah. great. <laughs> that's a good thing. Anything else you want to say? Not about that. Okay. What's going on in your life that you feel good about? And I know you you talked a lot about your house buying. I don't feel good about any of that. So, <laughs> Well, you did tell me you had a really productive day. Yeah. On Friday, I got a ton done for my teaching my work uh my classroom uh we found out that 
school is going back a week later than normal, and we also were told that for the entire first semester, we will not be having school on Fridays. So, and I'm not sure if, I don't think I knew that last podcast, so I think that's news to you guys, but because of that, I had already worked out my entire scope and sequence, like my rough calendar for what I was teaching each day for the entire semester, and I had to change the whole thing because the calendar is... 100% different. Not only do we lose an entire week, we also lose every Friday. So I had to whittle it down. (laughs) See what I mean about everything in her life right now is upside down. Yeah. Just in, in the air waiting for the balls to fall. Yeah. So I feel really good. I got a ton done on Friday for my classroom. Um, that specifically just getting those calendars updated makes me feel a lot better about where I'm headed. And this week is going to be crazy. It's go time. Yeah, it is. But it's also nice that we have an extra week for planning. Yeah, that will be kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. What well, about you? Um, well, like I said, I feel like I'm stuck kind of in Groundhog Day. But you know what? Right now, <clears throat> it's so hot. And I, I don't deal with the heat well. But I've had a lot of dumb little um, yard projects. And I've actually been getting them done one by one, but I have to set boundary. I have to, I have to like go easy on myself and say, okay, you just have to go outside for just 20 minutes. Just work on this for 20 minutes, get these rocks moved, get these poor plants that are dying in their pots, get them, get them planted and things like that. So I've been doing a few of those little things around the house. And as long as I pace myself, I'm okay. I find that I get so much more done when I tell myself, you know what, you've only got to do this for, you know, I I set time limits, you know, even if it's, you need to go fold clothes, just do it for 10 minutes, just 10 minutes worth of folding clothes. But just that little bit then gets me in that mode and it gets me motivated. And then I keep going and keep going and keep going. It's just beginning it. That is so hard. Sometimes starting is the hardest part. But so I'm feeling good about that. Our yard is kind of getting in order. I still have a some things left, but it's so hard when it's so hot. I'm kind of looking forward to fall when I can really dig in and do some, some good fall cleaning in the yard before, yeah. before winter. But I don't know. I saw, I saw a meme this week that says August always makes them start to feel like fall. And yep. you know, they, they, they start to just the word August, just feeling August. We're still smack dab in the middle of summer and it is so blasted hot. Yeah. We're nowhere close to fall yet, but you feel it. And I think it's because school's starting yeah. and that's always the first sign of fall. Yep. And you know, the, the clothes that you're seeing out in the stores and everything are now the fall clothes and the winter clothes. And it just gets you excited for that. And we made it through July I got to make it through August and then the weather's going to start to cool enough be in the way we love them. Yeah. So, well, another podcast come and gone. Yeah. I hope you enjoy it. I hope somebody finds something beneficial about this. Yeah. Or even if you just found it interesting. Yeah. Hearing our perspectives on it. Yeah. But I think only children are awesome. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I'm kind of partial to mine. Biased. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Anything else you... I, I forgot how to end a podcast again. I know. <laughs> it feels weird. I think, well, we used to set goals and stuff and... Yeah. I don't know. Now we, we've got to get back into this uh, new routine. We explained last time why we're only doing it once a month and... Yeah. But I think we're going to have to review and, and get our routine. Get a new... Our, yeah. You know, so that we know what we're doing. <laughs> new plan. All right. Kind of long. Well, we will see you guys next month. Stay cool, you guys. Bye. Bye.